Always consult your doctor before engaging in strenuous activity. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. This is, of course, a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. And if you're new here, allow me to introduce myself. I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. Why not follow me over on the Bluebird app where you can reach out to me? You can DM me, you can tweet at me, whatever you want. Bring me questions, comments, concerns, topics for the show, whatever you want me to talk about as it relates to Overwatch, of course, Blizzard games, or the greater category of video games in general, as I'd love to bring it to the show and talk about it. Enough with all that. We've got a show to get onto, so let's move right along. You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. And of course, I also encourage you, if you enjoy what you hear on this podcast, head on over to Podcast Services Everywhere to find the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant, in the Overwatch League, where I am, of course, the third chair, along with my two co-hosts, who uh, get together every other week in the Overwatch League offseason and every week during the Overwatch League to talk about, you guessed it, the Overwatch League. Now, this podcast, of course, records every other Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, you know, given some days like today, um, alternating with Ready, Set, Pwn. So, you're listening to this episode this week. Well, guess what? Next week, there's not an episode of One Man Watchpoint, but there is an episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. So once again, if you enjoy what you hear on this podcast, head on over to Podcast Services Everywhere and check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. Now, enough with all that. We've got some news to cover. It's probably going to be a bit of a shorter show as we don't have a, a ton of movement in the Overwatch League and things are, you know, a little quiet given it is December and we are coming up on the last couple weeks of the year, so things usually tend to quiet down right about now. But of course, as we move into January, things will probably have a bit of a bump with the Overwatch League, uh, you know, trade deadlines and things like that uh, making their rapid approach on us. However, there may be some changes to that. So let's get in there and let's talk about it. All better. All right. Our first news story of the week is going to take us over to DottieSports.com with an article on December 1st posted by Liz Richardson which of course reads, Overwatch League once again delays free agency period with little notice to stakeholders. Overwatch League fans are getting a healthy dose of bad news for the holidays. Multiple critical off-season dates have been pushed back so the league can deal with ongoing issues around Blizzard Entertainment's broken partnership with NetEase, which allows its games to be distributed and played in mainland China. Sean Miller, head of the Overwatch League, informed fans today that the free agency period will now begin on December 23rd, a whopping three weeks later than its intended start date of December 2nd. The free agency period was already pushed back two weeks shortly after the NetEase news was publicly announced. In addition, the date for all teams to sign a minimum of five players to their roster has been pushed back to March 13th, a full two months later than the previous deadline of January 16th. The league's previous deadline to have six players signed was March 1st. The six-player deadline has not yet been revealed after these changes. Quote, Our priority continues to be our teams and players and to maintain the highest amount of competitive integrity possible. We want to share more specifics about 2023 plans with them ahead of the free agency window opening, Miller said in a series of tweets. During the free agency window, Overwatch League teams can sign free agents from a growing pool of players to build, their, build out their 2023 roster. 
Such a sudden announcement was hard for fans looking forward to reveals on December 2nd, but it may have been worse for multiple employees of teams who said they had no idea about the move until the final minute. Quote, I found out on Twitter, by the way, said Florida Mayhem Vice President of Esports Operations Albert Yeh. He was, quote, disappointed in communication with the league about the delays. Quote, the first push was already frustrating enough, yes, said on Twitter. To find out there's a second push with less than 24 hours notice before the window opens is frankly ridiculous. Boston Uprising General Manager Aaron Pre Heckman also did not mince words on Twitter after the announcement calling the lack of notice, quote, totally unacceptable. He went on to note that many staff members and potential players are relying on timelines and paychecks to make ends meet, quote, around promises of dates that with zero warning are being shifted. The Overwatch League has not yet announced its start date for its sixth season. Considering the five-player minimum has been delayed to March 13th, fans should be preparing for another late spring debut in 2023. So, of course, wanted to bring this up. Uh, the news is, you know, at this point, at the time you're hearing this, just over two weeks old, actually. Um, but, you know, given we record every other week, uh, we're bound to have some news that's gotten a little stale at this point. But I digress the important thing is here we've had these dates shifted and shifted at this point that's two shifts um december 23rd is the next date uh or deadline that's coming up and then march 1st being the one after that so by the time you're listening to this you know uh the deadline is a little more than a week out since that's the case and since it is december 23rd if that date gets pushed again don't expect it in my opinion um well, definitely until the new year, because if it gets pushed from the 23rd, obviously we go into the, the holiday season there, kind of right through to January 3rd. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they do push it, if they say something like maybe end of January. The other thing that wouldn't really truly surprise me is if they just pushed it all back to March 1st. Now, that kind of screws things up vastly, because if they said free agency uh, is is March 1st, but your deadline is also March 1st, they would they would kind of have to, you know, there's this cascading effect, they would have to push back all of the dates. Um, ultimately, the big message I want to get across here is that I don't think the league wants to do this any more than, uh, than anyone, you know, any of the organizations want them to. The fact is, I suspect they're finding out along the same timeline as these other teams. Obviously, they find out just before, but I suspect they're putting out word almost as soon as they find out, um, which is unfortunate for everyone involved, right? Because it looks bad on the league and it makes the teams and orgs look bad. And they're obviously frustrated with this these announcements. Now, the other side of it is, especially with, you know, Albert and, uh, and Pre pointing out uh, the lack of communication, that's probably the one side where I do give them some credit in what they're saying. And I would say, you know, it seems to me like the league should probably be communicating with their organizations a little better. Um, you would think they would be talking to, you know, whatever presidents, vice presidents, general managers of these orgs and saying, look, guys, it's looking like, you know, we're a week out from the deadline. We've heard nothing. Hey, guys, we're five days out. We've still heard nothing. We're three days out. We've still heard nothing just to kind of brace them for the fact that, yeah, things are probably going to get pushed again. Um, obviously, it could change turn on a dime kind of thing. They may have very little heads up that a deal has gone through. But ultimately, I think that is the one side of it that I do give some credit is there should be open communication channels between the league and these organizations so that they can plan accordingly or they can plan as much as possible. Again, I don't think the uh, league knows any more than realistically these organizations are learning so it kind of says to me why not have an open communication between these orgs so that they're not you know 
demonstrating this outrage in places like Twitter when it does happen. But regardless, that's the state we're in right now. We have no idea when the free agency uh, period will actually uh, go into effect. Of course, the deadline or the, the date right now is December 23rd. But again, we've heard nothing about, uh, you know, a, a renewed uh, deal with NetEase or another company or anything like that. So who knows when things change. Moving on from there, we're going to stay with .esports.com, but we're going to head over to an article by Ethan Garcia on December 5th, which reads, Blizzard lowers the level needed to unlock heroes in Overwatch 2's Battle Pass. Ramatra, the leader of Null Sector and character players, and a character, sorry, players have seen glimpses of throughout the years, is joining Overwatch 2 as a playable hero in just a few days. And for most players, he will be the first hero of many they'll have to unlock. Yet unlike the previous hero, Kiriko, the grind to add this character to player's arsenal will be slightly less extreme. As a part of a major update to the free track for Season 2 Battle Pass, Ramatra, Ramatra sorry, will be unlocked upon reaching level 45, 10 levels less than the new players unlocked Kiriko in Season 1. Those who purchase the premium track for the Battle Pass for 1,000 Overwatch coins will be rewarded Ramatra immediately upon purchase. Some of the weekly challenges from Season 1 are also being tuned to be easier to complete, thus awarding players the XP quicker. Players had previously voiced their dissatisfaction at the decision by Blizzard to lock new heroes behind late levels of the free track of the Battle Pass, requiring players to grind a significant number of games to reach that point. Ramatra will be the first hero that all players, regardless of if they have save data from the original Overwatch, will have unlocked, or sorry, locked at first and remain unplayable to play as in any mode until unlocked. Sorry, that was a little wordy. Ramatra is not likely to receive any hero challenges, which allow players to complete tracks uh, tasks, sorry, for designed heroes, sorry, I'm all over the place, for designated heroes to unlock them until next season. Players will also be able to earn cosmetics for Ramatra via an upcoming Twitch collaboration featuring a drop of a legendary skin for the new hero, though no further information has been given yet. Season 2 of Overwatch 2 will be available for players to download directly via the Battle.net launcher on December 6th. Players wanting to play as Ramatra in all modes except competitive, where he will be unplayable for two weeks, must either unlock him through leveling up the free track of the battle pass or purchase the premium track so there you go a uh, little bit of information on uh, unlocking ramatra of course again news is a little bit old at this point but when that news broke it was it was pretty well received i would say um the fact that uh kiriko had been locked at battle pass level uh i believe it was 55 did seem a little harsh. I know I had spoke previously on another episode of One Man Watchpoint about the fact that I thought they could uh, probably lower it to maybe level 25, maybe even level 20. And well, that's obvious. They're not obviously not making that drastic a change. Moving it to level 45 is a welcome change. I do think this is um, pretty significantly more attainable. Like I said previously, I think I did the math and level 55 uh, for most likely casual players casual players but still who play regularly level 55 would give them the unlock right towards the end of the battle pass they might have a week maybe two weeks to uh, play with the character bumping it down to level 45 i think allows those regular players to get it you know probably maybe halfway through the battle pass through through that two month period but it also allows the casual players to have a better chance of unlocking the hero right um, it gives them maybe a chance of getting it right at the end or getting close and then, you know, maybe grinding it out towards the end kind of thing, which oddly enough, 
that's probably what I'm going to be doing for this battle pass. I've not yet buckled down and, and purchased the Season 2 battle pass because I just haven't been playing Overwatch 2. I've been playing other games uh, after after I finished off the uh, Season 1 battle pass. Now, am I going to cave and still buy that battle pass eventually? Well, I'm considering it. Uh, I do want to sit down and spend some time and really look at the battle pass, see what rewards I do want. Um, that is kind of what I did last season. I, I looked through and said, okay... You know, I don't really care about most of these rewards, but, you know, I liked the skin at level 60, and I liked the skin at, let's say, level 20, and things like that. So I just kind of set these mini goals for myself and said, okay, let's get to level 20, see how we're doing, you know, see where we're at timeline-wise in the battle pass. Then it was, okay, let's see, let's see how we're at when we're getting to, you know, level 60. Um, okay, let's see how close we are to level 80, 85, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, 80, I guess, would have been the final one. So, anyways... Um, I want to take a look, really look at some of the rewards here. I know they've got some really cool skins in the Battle Pass, uh, the big one being that uh, Ramatra Poseidon skin, I believe it is. Um, I don't think that one's too far into the Battle Pass either, although it could be wrong. I, like I say, i got to take a look. Um, but honestly, I have not even reached, I've not even completed level two of the Battle Pass today. I was in there just to check on some uh, skins and things like that. And uh, yeah, I had not even completed level two of the Battle Pass. So... I've just been playing other games at the moment, um, and I haven't really been playing Overwatch 2 all that much, but this is the nature of Overwatch in my mind. This is what it always was for me. Um, you know, I would take a break from the game for months at a time, come back, and suddenly there'd be four new heroes or something like that, and I'd learn them all. Um, so anyways, I did jump in just to try Ramatra in the uh, training mode, of course, which I do appreciate the fact that they let you do that. They, they let you kind of feel the character and play around with it even if it is just in the training mode um but ultimately i haven't buckled down and purchased the battle pass yet so i am excited to see this because again having not played for the past i'd say two two and a half weeks at this point um it's looking like i may not really jump in until we get that battle for olympus uh limited time mode and maybe that sucks me back in maybe it doesn't uh but if it does at that point you know we're we're partway through we're through the beginning of january and that literally means I will have one month left to complete the Battle Pass. So there's a good chance I won't complete it. Um, I won't get that Zeus skin for uh, the Zeus Mythic skin for Junker Queen. But I'm not too heartbroken about that as that one, you know, doesn't appeal to me as much as, as well as the Genji one did. I thought the Genji one seemed uh, to have uh, a lot cooler theme, a lot more, a uh, lot more dynamicness to it kind of thing. Um and I am looking forward to seeing what uh, Season 3 brings. Realistically, I'm kind of trying to save my uh, my Watchpoint pack points uh, that I did get for a Battle Pass where I see more value in it, you know, where the Mythic skin is for a character that I really like or one of my mains, you know. If they did one for Lucio, I'd probably... I'd probably be grinding that out pretty quickly. Um, if they did one for Bap, if they did one for Ana... Um, you know, these these characters that I really enjoy playing, um, that I play pretty frequently, and that I think have maintained fairly in the meta. BAP is the only one that I'd say really kind of comes and goes from it. Um, Ana is usually a pretty good pick. Um, sometimes she becomes a little more situational or a little more map dependent, but she's usually pretty strong. Um, and then Lucio, I don't think, has ever gone out of meta. Um, he's always been a pretty solid pick, honestly. So anyways, um, 
you know, I'm kind of waiting for one of those characters. If they did a Junkrat one, I'd probably be all over it, even though, you know, I don't play Junkrat too much anymore um, because I just haven't been jumping into the DPS side of things. But I do love a good Junkrat match. Um, if they did a Tracer one, which I could easily see them doing, given, you know, Tracer's kind of a fan favorite, I think, kind of a regular pick for a lot of people. Um, let's see, who else would I jump in for? If they did a Reinhardt or a Winston one, I think that would draw me in. Uh, I think I'd definitely try to get those skins. So anyways, those are just some off the top of my head that would really get me going and, and, you know, get me to jump back in on the battle pass and go all in kind of thing. So anywho, battle pass, uh, uh, level to unlock Ramatra being lowered. Let's move on. We're going to stick with Dottiesports.com though. This time with an article by Liz Richardson on December 6th. Popular Overwatch League MVP skins make triumphant return to in-game shop. Overwatch 2 players are swimming in new skins right now as Season 2 kicks off, but Overwatch League fans may have to make some extra space in their proverbial closets for some returning favorites. Some of the league's most popular limited-time skins are coming out of the vault this week, giving fans a chance to add them to their collections in Overwatch 2. Two of the biggest draws are the previous MVP skins, which were only, sorry, which were once only available for a short time during the years they were released. Fans can get Fleta's Good vs. Evil Echo skin, which commemorated the Shanghai Dragon's DPS and his domination of the on the aerial hero during the 2020 season, starting today, December 6th. Old school. Overwatch League aficionados can also acquire Jonax Zenakji skin, long considered some of the best Zenyatta skins available in the game. A love letter to one of the most everlasting Overwatch League metas of all time, the Brigitte Goat skin is also coming out of the vault today. Not everyone is a huge fan of the Goat's meta, but this bright and cheery skin is much easier to enjoy. Two of the Overwatch League's championship skins, created to commemorate teams that win grand finals will also be available today the san francisco shocks 2020 midas roadhog skin is up for grabs giving the stalwart tank a fiery gold makeover shanghai dragons fans will also want to nab the zulong sombra skin a red and black outfit that honors the team's 2021 championship win all returning skins cost 300 overwatch league tokens individually but multiple skins bundles are available the champions bundle includes both zulong sombra and midas roadhog for 500 owl tokens similarly the meta bundle includes goat brigitte zen nakji Zenyata, and good versus evil echo for 700 skins other previous overwatch league skins like the inaugural season championships winston skin are still available in the overwatch 2 shop so I wanted to bring this up because this is a pretty, uh, I mean, a very rare thing for them to do. They haven't done this at all before, um, but I'm really excited to see it because there were a couple of these skins that I missed out on. Um, I have been pretty good about getting, getting almost all of these, but the two that I was missing uh, were the good versus evil skin uh, for Echo and the, uh, what was it, the Zulong skin uh, for the Shanghai Dragons. Um, at the time, I just didn't have the Overwatch League token, so I didn't manage to snag them, um, despite, you know, having multiple streams on and everything, trying to earn those tokens like crazy. Uh, but obviously now I had, I think, almost 3,500 skins, uh, sorry, tokens. So I did buy the Zulong skin and that good versus evil one just to complete the set more than anything. I have dipped below 2,000, or sorry, 3,000 uh, tokens at this point now, but I think that's uh, that's all the Overwatch League skins, uh, all the special ones anyways, that I need, truly. So I'm quite happy that I've got them now. And by all means, that Zulong one for Sombra is actually very, very cool. Um, the good versus evil one, 
is a cool skin, but uh, it just doesn't appeal to me as much. Um, you know, it's got a cool theme to it, but I mean, being that I've never really truly played Echo very much at all, um, and I do think it slants a little more towards the good uh, side of things, um, just in the design of it overall. I'd like to see a little more darkness, a little more fire on it, and a little less white kind of thing. But I can't change the design of the skin. So anyways, I got both the skins and I'm happy now. Moving on from there, we're going to head on over this time to Dexerto.com with an article by Carver Fisher posted on December 9th. So now we're finally uh, within the past week's worth of news. I guess the last uh, article was as well, December 6th. But here we go. This article reads, Paris Eternal rebrand to Vegas Eternal ahead of OWL 2023. Overwatch 2's launch has been a massive success in terms of numbers. Well, I, I, I guess. Sorry, that was that was me. With average viewership that hovers above 60k and peaks in the range of 200 to 300k even months after launch, the series has seen a revival. You know, Carver, sorry, sidebar from the article, I don't know if I agree with you on these takes, but I'm just going to keep reading. Even with complaints about Overwatch 2's new competitive season and the Battle Pass woes, the game has a massive audience as well as a strong player base. As such, hype for the Overwatch League is ramping up. 2023 will be the first full year with Overwatch 2 out in the wild, and Paris Eternal have made the move to North America to participate in the Owl while flying the Stars and Stripes. With an almost completed roster and a full rebrand, Vegas Eternal are looking to start 2023 strong. While the rebrand has just been finalized, Paris Eternal confirmed rumors they'd be relocating to Las Vegas midway through 2022. This was a surprise for European Overwatch fans at the time, but puts a new organization up to compete for North America. Their roster is made up mostly of players from Odyssey, a team that mowed down competition at Overwatch Contenders 2022 Summer Series. Rakitek, Malthal, Lukmino are joined by Dove, a DPS player who spent a considerable amount of time on and off Odyssey for a few years. This Vegas-themed rebrand comes with a full team of North American talent. While their announcement trailer didn't come with confirmation for who would be finishing their roles as a tank player, it does come with a brand strong enough that they've already been coined as the high rollers of the Overwatch League. So uh, there isn't really too much news in there. Obviously, we already knew that the Paris Eternal were becoming the Vegas Eternal. And of course, uh, you know, we, we knew it had been announced partway through 2022. But the thing that is actually funny to me about this article is that on the previous episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, uh, myself and Alex, one of my co-hosts, had actually talked about this. And I had pointed out the fact that Paris had not actually rebranded anything yet. If you went to their Twitter, although they were promoting things like signing their head coach, um, her name escapes me right now. I want to say like Enchantress or something like that, but that's because I've been playing a lot of Marvel Snap. Anyways, um, they've been promoting things like that, but they hadn't actually rebranded the account uh, completely to be Vegas Eternal, and they hadn't sort of embraced this new look and style and theme that they seem to be going for. And then, lo and behold, less than a week later, of course, they do. They unveil the new branding and everything. Um, the new look, if you will. Um, and I am, a, I'm a fan. I like it. Uh, their, their sort of announcement trailer, I think had a good style to it. It had kind of a, um, a classic Vegas gambling theme to it. Uh, their, their logo now has, uh, now looks like a poker chip with the eternal logo, the eternal rooster in the center there. Um, and I'm about it. I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, they, they, you know, they've updated their Twitter and everything. Um, I'm a fan. It's now at Vegas Eternal. So there you have it. 
Moving on from there, we're going to head on back to DottieSports.com, this time with an article on December 13th by Emily Morrow, which reads, Overwatch 2's Winter Wonderland event offers login bonuses and free goodies for Twitch viewers. Overwatch 2's Winter Wonderland event just went live, and it's bringing plenty of festive cheer in the form of Twitch drops and login rewards. In addition to the new cosmetics players can purchase from the in-game shop and earn by completing challenges, additional items can also be earned by watching Overwatch 2 on Twitch, as well as simply logging into the game during a given time frame. Winter Wonderland-themed Twitch drops will go live on Sunday, December 25th, and will be available through January 4th. This time around, the rewards are specifically for D.Va. Watching two hours of eligible channels will net you the festive D.Va victory pose, while watching another four hours will get you the slaying D.Va legendary skin, meaning you'll need to watch uh, six hours total to get everything. To obtain these cosmetics, players will need to make sure they're watching a channel that has drops enabled and that their Battle.net account is connected to Twitch, regardless of what platform they play on. Both of these cosmetics were originally featured in the first Overwatch. To celebrate the festive season, the development team at Blizzard Entertainment is also granting free rewards to players who open the game between certain dates. Those who log in between December 20th and January 4th, the end of the event, will get the 2023 player icon and the festive wreath weapon charm for free. An image of the festive wreath charm can be seen in a trailer shared on the official Overwatch 2 Twitter account. Winter Wonderland is live now until January 4th. So there you have it, um, you know, a few rewards they're doling out uh, for watching on Twitch and, of course, for logging in. Um, I like to highlight these because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of this kind of uh, thing, um, you know, embracing uh, the viewership and everything like that, giving us, you know, free goodies for doing nothing but watching more of the game um, or logging into the game in, in the case of uh, those, those login uh, goodies. I'm always upset when I miss these, uh, which I haven't for a number of years. But when I did log in and found that I had missed a, a fair number of them or, or missed past ones, I was irked because I would love to have a complete set. But alas, I do not. But there you have it. Um, make sure you log in and get your rewards. For our final news story of the show, we're going to stick with DottieSports.com. This time we're going to talk to Matt Michelli and Ethan Garcia again on December 13th with an article that reads Overwatch 2 Winter Wonderland events start and end dates. Many people have already put up their holiday decorations with Thanksgiving behind us, and we all know what that means. Winter holiday events are right around the corner. Overwatch 2's second season began on December 6th, along with a new hero and map. The season will have a pair of limited-time events, including the return of Overwatch's Winter Wonderland. Within this event, various holiday-themed game modes return, such as Maze, Snowball Offensive, and Freeze-Thaw Elimination, while previous Winter Wonderland skins will rotate in and out of the game's shop. Players will be able to unlock the Epic Tier Ice Queen Brigitte skin for free by playing during the event and completing a challenge alongside a handful of other cosmetics. They've then got the actual uh, graphic there from Blizzard, which showed some of the Season 2 details. Um, but I think they're going to outline it in the article here, so let me continue. Overwatch 2's Winter Wonderland will start on December 13th, just one week after the beginning of Season 2. The event will last three weeks and end on January 4th, just after the new year. Players should keep an eye on the in-game shop since new bundles and individual cosmetics are expected to be available each week for purchase with Overwatch coins. Players will be able to earn extra rewards celebrating the end of 2022 by logging in between December 20th and January 4th. A Twitch drop event will be released during the Winter Wonderland event, re rewarding the festive D.Va victory pose and legendary tier slaying D.Va skin, though this begins on January 25th, of course, as we just covered recently. Fans won't have to go too long without a special limited time event either. The Year of the Rabbit will start shortly thereafter on January 17th. That event will run until February 6th. 
So of course, wanted to bring this up as it does highlight those uh, special events we're getting. So right now we are in the Winter Wonderland event, December 13th through January 4th. Then on January 5th through the 19th, we have our new Battle for Olympus event. Then as that one ends, we have January 17th through February 6th is the Year of the Rabbit event. So wanted to bring this up because it does kind of tie all of those events together one after the other of course we're in the winter wonderland series right now we moved to battle for olympus and then we moved to the year of the rabbit repeating so kind of uh sandwiching that new event in between those those two older ones um bit of an interesting kind of methodology i'm a little bit uncertain why they chose the although i like the theme the battle for olympus theme for this uh battle pass um you know, it, it really does strike me as a little off. Like, I understand that, you know, maybe this is just one they had ready to go. But why wouldn't you time this with maybe the Olympics or something like that? I don't remember if we're going into an Olympic year or not. Um, but it seems like this would be a, a, you know, Battle for Olympus. The the theme of the Battle Pass overall would be a lot more suited to more of a summer setting. Um, why not make the theme of this season winter or something like that? Um, maybe have another limited time event and different new one anyways i digress i i don't truly know uh what the decision making behind that would be but that's where my head is at anyways get in there get your wins get your skins um i was just saying i haven't been playing a ton so i should really get in there and start start beating some or doing some challenges and see what i can earn as well now that's going to bring us to the end of the news segment of the show but of course it is the off season of the overwatch league and we still have to get to our Overwatch League 2023 off-season trade tracker. Heilstrahl aktiviert. All right. So, as promised, let's head on over to .esports.com with an article by Liz Richardson. Of course, posted on November 11th, but updated throughout the off-season, which is our Overwatch League 2023 off-season trade tracker. Now, if you're new to the show, uh, I use this trade tracker provided by Liz Richardson at .esports, um, where she outlines basically all of the movement amongst the Overwatch League players, trades, signings, retirements, etc, etc. Um, and I, you know, she is pretty good about updating this every now and then I'll catch something on Twitter that hasn't been added to the list yet. Um, but for now, it is a good list. And of course, with the turbulent nature of this, uh, the Overwatch League, as we know, um, you know, free agency dates uh, shifting and minimum roster deadlines shifting and things like that. Who knows what will change here, but ultimately I trust that Liz will keep on top of it. So we ended last time, I believe, around the 22nd of November uh, with Atlanta Rain naming head coach Gator. So let's pick things up here on November 23rd. Uh, we actually did talk a little bit about some of this, but I'm going to cover it anyways. November 23rd, Atlanta Rain acquires Stalker from the Seoul Dynasty, parts ways with Kai. November 24th, the Shanghai Dragons part ways with Izayaki, head coach Moon, and assistant coach Kong. Atlanta Rain adds Lip. So a couple of surprising ones there, obviously. Um, the Shanghai Dragons parting ways with Izayaki. I do think Izayaki, although very skilled player, I think he was um, maybe the one player on the Shanghai Dragons that you could kind of see was a little more carried by the rest of his team, but hey, that's just my personal opinion. Um, but head coach Moon uh, departing, and I mean, assistant coach Kong, I didn't know too much about, but head coach Moon departing is a pretty big deal. Um, really curious to see where he winds up, and hopefully he stays in the league and everything because he obviously had a big impact on the Shanghai Dragons and was with them for quite a while. So very surprising to see him go. 
Then, of course, the pair of Atlanta Rain news there. So the 24th, we see them adding Lip uh, from the Shanghai Dragons. On the 23rd, we see them acquiring Stalker and parting ways with Kai. A series of insane moves that I don't think anyone would have predicted. Um, to see a player going from Seoul and a different player going from Shanghai over to Atlanta is a big deal. Um, certainly a shocking deal as well. And seeing them part ways with Kai. I certainly think that Kai is one of those hitscan players that is very desirable in the league. And I think probably has some pretty decent options to look at. But I don't think he would be leaving Atlanta if it were up to him. Um, but hey, this is a turbulent time we live in. So very curious to see where Kai lands. We then move on to November 25th with the Paris Eternal adding Empress as head coach. There we go. It's Empress. I wanted to say Enchantress, didn't I? Is that what I said? Maybe I didn't say that. Maybe I got it right. I don't know. Anyways, I believe we talked about this uh, last episode. Um, if not... Let me pull it up here. We, oh yeah, we did talk about it. They basically just tweeted out that uh, she was their new head coach. Um, from what I understand, well-deserved and a long time coming. She has been around the contender scene for quite a while. So a lot of people were very happy to hear that. Moving on from there, November 26th, Shanghai Dragons Tank Void officially retires. So nothing too shocking there. It was, uh, I don't think it was just hem heavily rumored. I think Void had said, on a stream or something like that uh, that he would be retiring to do his mandatory military service um, but ultimately very sad to see him go one of the greats in the league that's for sure november 23rd 23rd 28th atlanta rain confirms hawk will return for 2023 um i, I could have swore that had been announced earlier that gator had already suggested he was going to be keeping around hawk but in any case uh hawk staying with the Atlanta Rain, and then November 29th, Atlanta Rain confirms Vigilante will return for 2023. Again, just a series of tweets here with Atlanta announcing these things. Um, not so surprising to see Vigilante staying there. I do think he was uh, a good piece of Atlanta. I think he's obviously got some room to grow. Um, he was a rookie this past season, but ultimately I think he's got a very good squad around him thus far uh, between between Hawk, Lip, Stalker, etc. So and Gator in the head coach position. So very interesting roster that we're seeing build in Atlanta. And of course, very interesting that they aren't going full Korean, although uh, it seems like Hawk is the only one who's not. So it will be interesting to see how he communicates with the team, how he works, especially in the tank position. You would think that you want your tank position to realistically be the sort of leader, the shot caller. Um, how does that work with communication barriers and things like that? But ultimately, if I'm not mistaken, they also announced uh, an assistant coach signing um, that I can't quite remember who it was. Um, but they do have some good history uh, with mixed rosters. So there you have it. Moving on from there, November 30th, the Soul Dynasty parts ways with profit. Um, again, just a bloodbath of free agency at this point. Um, you know, I don't truly think there's any I don't think there's any real bad blood between these teams and these players. I think for the most part, teams are just going out to market, right? Moving on to December 1st, we start with Dante parts ways with the Houston Outlaws. And then, of course, the Vancouver Titans confirm Aspire will return for 2023. So first things first, Aspire. Let's talk about Aspire. Um, no real surprise there from myself and from most of the Vancouver uh, fan base. If Vancouver had not re-signed Aspire, I think people would have been in an uproar. I think uh, Aspire was maybe the the biggest shining light in Vancouver, although they had some decent pieces and it looked like their team was operating 
relatively smoothly. Um, I do think it was a no-brainer for them to re-sign Aspire. Now, there were obviously rumors circulating that the Toronto organization, uh, the Toronto Defiant, had been working to bring together the previous American Tornado roster, which did include, at times, Aspire. As far as I understand, that is still a heavy rumor, even if it is mostly well-known or public knowledge. I take that with a grain of salt. Um, and this Aspire confirmation, or, or Aspire staying with Vancouver, only confirms that, that what people had been saying previously was incorrect, right? People had said that they were going for the whole team and that Aspire would be joining as well. Now, maybe there's some credence to that. Maybe they were trying to get him, but things obviously didn't work out, and Aspire stays with Vancouver. So there you have it. No announcements from the Toronto side of things yet. But the other side of this coin on December 1st, Dante parts ways with the Houston Outlaws. Let's head over to an article on December 1st by Liz Richardson, which reads, Overwatch League veteran Dante departs the Houston Outlaws. As the Overwatch League deals with increased uncertainty regarding its 2023 season, many of the league's veterans have switched teams or entered the free agent pool. One Texas team stalwart veteran will now be joining them as the offseason rages on. Dante was one of the most veteran players left in the league. Sorry, Dante, one of the most veteran players left in the league, has departed the Houston Outlaws, the team announced today. He was the most veteran player on the Outlaws squad and one of only four players remaining from the 2022 roster. Having made his debut in the inaugural season of the league as a part of the San Francisco Shock, Dante is one of the few remaining Overwatch League players to have participated in all five seasons of competition. Known as a tracer specialist in his early days in the league, Dante was traded to the Houston Outlaws after the inaugural season concluded. In his four years on the Houston Outlaws, Dante has flexed to numerous heroes to fit the team's needs. Even as rosters changed over the years, he tended to be a consistent sight in Houston's starting lineup. The Outlaws faced some harsh seasons in the past, but 2022 was the team's most successful year by a landslide, partially due to Dante's ability to flex into the tank role. As Overwatch 2 brought a new era of 5 vs. 5 competition, Dante swapped from his usual DPS duties to become the team's critical solo tank. When he first used his DPS knowledge on heroes like Doomfist, he later flexed onto traditional tank heroes. For the first time in franchise history, the Houston Outlaws made it to the Overwatch League postseason in 2022. The team ended up taking third place after fighting it out through a miracle upper bracket run. Announcements from both Dante and the Houston Outlaws did not make it immediately clear whether he will be entering the free agent pool or if a trade or retirement is in the works. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain Dante has since tweeted out that he's LFT and wants to continue playing. So good for him. Um, again, not shocking to see the Houston Outlaws making this decision. Uh, shocking given his history with the league. I do think he's one of the few sort of franchise players, as they call them, where he kind of represented the organization, having been with them for so long and been, you know, such a part of their identity. But ultimately, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Hopefully, he can find a home somewhere else, of course. Moving on from there, we head on over to a full week after that, December 7th, Hangzhou Sparks, Oh, sorry, Hangzhou Spark parts ways with Alpha Yi and Irony. Shocking stuff there, maybe, maybe not. Um, the fate of the Chinese organizations, of course, lies in the balance right now. Um, Alpha Yi was a great piece uh, for them to have. Uh, you know, I would love to see him land somewhere where he can have a little more success, although the Hangzhou Spark kind of turned things around in the end and really had a pretty significant run in the playoffs. But ultimately, that's where... That's where they're at right now. December 8th, Washington Justice adds, get amazed as head coach and general manager. A little bit surprising there. Um, I don't truly remember where get amazed is coming from. 
let's see. Oh, former head coach for Paris Eternal. That's right. So a little surprising there, especially given the Washington Justice being North American based, Paris Eternal previously being based out of Paris. Um, and also interesting because Get Amazed had actually jumped on the Empress uh, signing with some negativity and he caught a fair bit of flack about that and he did own up to it and say you know what this this isn't about empress this is more about how the organization treated me um and some things like that so hey there's obviously some animosity there but good for him for for managing to find another home in the league finally we come to december 10th our most recent update here with the florida mayhem acquiring merit from the houston outlaws in a trade deal so the tweet here is from the Florida Mayhem, and it simply reads, From Outlaw to Florida Man, Welcome Merit. And it's got a nice little graphic of Merit coming across. They also then, in the background, have a tracer with a name blurred out and a Lucio with the name blurred out. Very interesting stuff there. There's some 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 trickery going on there, maybe, right? We're we're waiting to see what this announcement truly means. Does it does it have more behind it? But anyways, we don't know at this point. But regardless, good pickup for Florida. Um, I'll be really interested to see what Florida makes happen, what they really make work. And also interesting that it's put here as a trade deal because that does imply there's something going the way of Houston. What that could be, hmm hmm hmm. I raise an eyebrow. So anyhow. With that, that brings us to the end of the Overwatch League 2023 off-season trade tracker. Um, there is a large, at the end of this list, there's a large list of the free agents that are LFT. Um, I'm not going to go into that today just because um, I feel like we covered things pretty well there. So with all of that said, let's head on over and close out this show. I could use some assistance. I could use some assistance to close out this show. Thank you so much for listening to episode 97 of one man watch point this is of course a an overwatch podcast sorry i forgot what i was gonna say there an overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of overwatch that of course includes overwatch 2 that includes the overwatch battle pass that includes any betas that are ongoing even though there aren't any um and that also includes the overwatch league if you enjoyed what you heard here definitely like subscribe share all that fun stuff and of course check me out over on the ready set pwn podcast available on podcast services everywhere you can find this podcast on podcast services everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. And of course, if you do leave us a review, I assume I'll be notified some way. I should Maybe I should check on that, because if I'm not notified and people have been leaving reviews, then I just don't know about it. I'm assuming I'll be notified, though, and if I get notified of a review, then I'll bring it to the show. Of course, five stars only, because why are you leaving a review if you're not leaving a five-star review? But ultimately, drop a line for me and spread the good word. Now, this, of course, was our episode that will post on Thursday, December 15th. Slightly late. I was uh, a little under the weather on Tuesday when I normally record and post. Um, so this episode didn't go out when I wanted it to. But I'm back in action, and I'm going to post it tomorrow. That, of course, means that two weeks from now will be, uh, in theory, it would be December 27th's episode. Now, I will be traveling a little bit for the winter holidays. So I don't think we're going to get a week, uh, sorry, an episode until the new year. Next week, if you'd like to, you can catch the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast uh, publishing on December 21st. And then, of course, Ready, Set, Pwn will be gone until January 4th. So I'm going to say One Man Watchpoint will probably be out until December 11th. Maybe I'll do a bonus episode around the 28th, 29th, if I, if I truly feel like it. We'll see. But 
Anyways, if you are a dedicated listener and if you have been listening and following for however long, if you're new, if you're old, if you've been here since the beginning, if you have just joined or just found out somehow, I don't know how because I don't promote this, uh, this show at all. Thank you so much for everything you do for me. Um, this is a little escape of mine that I like to do every other week or during the Overwatch League season when we have a little more to talk about uh, every week. But it does truly mean a lot to me that you are listening, and uh, I enjoy this as a creative outlet. Um, interact with me on Twitter. I love interacting with people, and I would love to bring things to the show from those interactions as well. Thank you so much again. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, happy any other holidays you celebrate. Happy Hanukkah. Um, again, happy holidays in general. Enjoy some time off. Hopefully you get some time off from work and... Uh, if, if not from work, hopefully you get some time to relax, some time to yourself, some time to play some good video games, and over, overall, some time to play some Overwatch. Danke.